Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. You're listening to Stagecraft, Variety's theater podcast. I'm your host, Variety's theater editor, Gordon Cox. In 2015, the playwright Stephen Adley Giergis won the Pulitzer Prize for his play Between Riverside and Crazy, the latest in a body of work that's included In Arabia We'd All Be Kings and The Motherfucker with the Hat. His work is now the season-long focus of the Residency One program at Off-Broadway's Signature Theater, which just produced the well-received revival of his 2000 play, Jesus Hopped the A-Train, and later this year will stage both his 2002 play, Our Lady of 121st Street, and a brand new play. Stephen has also been a co-artistic director of the Labyrinth Theater Company and a writer for TV shows like The Get Down. He's in the studio to tell us about all that and more. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Cox. Thanks. Gordon. <laughs> Mr. Cox. So the Signature Theater says to you, we're going to do a season of your work. How's that feel? It, my first reaction was like, uh, I felt like, uh-oh, this is like the harbinger of doom. You know, like, I'm old, it's done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, so I was reluctant, but yet honored, yeah. you know, but reluctant. Um, but then I met with Paige Evans and, and Paige. She's the artistic director, Paige Evans. Yeah. Artistic director. She gave me my first commission at MTC like years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so I've, so I, I really like her a lot. What and play was that? It was the play that turned out to be Little Flower East Orange. Oh, wow. Um, but they, at the time we had, I was in the process of writing the play. Then my mom, it was a play that kind of was about my mom yep. and then my mother died in the middle of it so it's like i should have never even continued but i did and then we wanted to do it in stage one but they wanted to do it in stage two and and so oscar at the public bought the commission and we did it at at the public, at the public but right page was the you know the instigator of it happening and 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 she's a real cool lady right. so and how did she convince you that this was something you wanted to do um you know, I think it was more like I felt like it would be impolite to say no. Like, you know, who am I to say no? Like, it just seems rude and like you think you're something to be able to say no. So I said, said, yeah. And so what was it like for you to look, to take, look at these individual plays and sort of look at them as a body of work? Yeah. Well, I mean, the play that we just closed was Jesus Up the A-Train and and and, and you were in 2000 right yeah yep. and you were talking yep. about yeah reviewing just it before we turned it on yeah back yeah. in the day back in the day world um, world and uh just me yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um and it was i was uh i was very ambivalent because that play was sort of the play that launched us as a company but also yeah, this it was is labyrinth like, theater company labyrinth we theater should company. say yeah but also it was like it was more than that. It's like I, I look back at that play almost not like a play. I look at it almost like a, my memories are all familial. Yeah. You know, the cast was, you know, John Ortiz was like my best friend. Phil Hoffman was like my other best friend. Yeah, Ron we should Cephas. say for people who don't know, Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, directed the original production he in did. 2000. He yeah. did. And Ron Cephas Jones, who uh, who played Lucius, you know, lived with me uh, for like ten, up until this is us oh know, wow so, that, so just his, recently yeah <laughs> yeah so i mean it was, it was and then Salazarillo and liz Kevin. so it was like a family thing and it was a family struggle and and uh david zayas and mm-hmm, and yeah. i just it was just uh so then going back to look at it i 
they really wanted to do it. And uh, so, I, so I was like, all right. You know, I was going to ask how those plays get chosen. Is it is it plays you want to see again, plays they want to see again? What's well, the... you know, she basically said, you know, I would really like to do Jesus, Hop the A-Chain, Our Lady, 121st Street, and then a new play. And uh, and I was like, yeah, all right. I mean, I mean, I think maybe like In Arabia Would All Be Kings or or – or Last Days, Jesus Iscariot. Like, those also. And she's like, yeah. But I really wanted, you know, so I was oh, like, all right. That's, all right. What, that's what we're going to do. And she's smart because, you know, uh, the 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 fact is, is like, Jesus imperfect, very imperfect play. But Why do you think it's imperfect? Well, everything is imperfect. And certainly well, sure. When but I'm what, writing When it, you watch imperfect. it, what do you think? Well, when I was, when I was, before I even watched it, before, when I was reading it, you know, I was looking at, first of all, the, the um the female prosecutor Mary Jane, yep. her her. It's about um, we should say for people who don't know, it's about um uh, inmate and yeah, a relationship between two inmates. Relationship and the between prosecutor. two inmates yeah. and, and it's uh, about yeah. And so the, there's a she has these direct address monologues, right. and you know just hearing them again, I was just like, no, okay, like it's kind of I think it's like kind of cheating to go back and rewrite your stuff, yeah. but like I can't. I can't. And it's not that it's it's not bad, you know, and I know that like, you know, 16 years ago it was like, you know, it was me and Phil and neither one of us was stupid. We weren't going to just put up something that was dumb, but I was like, it can be better. Um, so that was the section that I wanted to work on, although I ended up not. I was just going to ask, did you? Because I didn't no. notice anything. Yeah. And then yeah. the other stuff stayed as is. Right. Um, and uh, And it, you know, it works... It works pretty well. I mean, I think that I think that when I was writing that play, I didn't I was still learning how to write and I'm still learning how to write. But, you know, there's things in there that are maybe mistakes, but I didn't know that they were mistakes and and I think it's fine. I think it it you know, it plays and it's right. and it's fine, but still, you know, I I I watch and I just anything that's like, you know, I I wince yeah. At, at the stuff that I'm like, oh, I could have, I could have, yeah. I could have done better. But yeah. you know, it plays. And what are your feelings about Our Lady of 121st Street? Well, um, you know, it's funny because I knew we were going to do that, and actually, I just um, I can tell you, I don't know when this will air. Uh, Jan, this will be in January 9th. So. so it may be breaking news, or it breaking might news. have been recently. Yeah. But uh, but um, Felicia Rashad is going to direct it. Oh wow, that's yeah, great! Yeah, and I just met her today, and, yeah. and she's, she's been do directing it and, a lot lately. Actually, for yeah. listeners who don't know, yeah, and she's amazing, and and uh, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. And uh, in terms of the play, um, you know, I I had a uh, uh, a couple of my friends in the house read some scenes. Um, I forgot what the context was, but we just started reading scenes from the play, and um, you know, again, I'm sure once I go into it, it's going to be fraught with, you know error but uh <laughs> but do you feel that I way about always, plays you're working on can, at the moment the yeah stuff that's that what i wonder yeah work on but i i found myself oddly moved you know i found mm-hmm. myself like and the, to me like the most embarrassing thing is when you go to a play or you go see a friend show and the playwright is in the back of his own play like laughing or or crying or weeping or we although i would say that uh i saw um death of a salesman the last you know the Phil Hoffman yeah. had did oh, yeah. that um, Mike Nichols had directed. Right. I think I saw it 
three or four times. Mm. But the one, there was one time when I saw it, and I was sitting in on the aisle, like on the right side, and I noticed somebody, you know, like like the sounds mm. of crying, you know, and and but they were kind of a, like uh, it was pers- you know like persistent or whatever. Mm. It wasn't um, annoying, but it was just like oh, someone is feeling what I'm feeling. So I took a glance over. And it was Mike Nichols, right. you know, so like, you know, more than halfway through the run, just sitting there weeping. And uh, I thought that that was, of course, uh, excusable and, and beautiful. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully it'll hopefully the play will s- will stand up. And that's and, really, yeah. what's it about for people who don't know? The play is about um, Our Lady of 21st Street is a play that uh, it's sort of a reunion play. Um, um, a bunch of old Catholic school kids in Harlem um, come back for the funeral of um, this sort of beloved by many, hated by some uh, nun named Sister Rose. And then the sort of messed up thing is is that there's a there's a robbery in the funeral home, and the and the body is the body was taken. So they they've come to to grieve and the body's gone and there's sort of an investigation that goes on, but really it's about them. And really it's about, uh, um, it's about, there's a quote from, uh, which St. St. Paul. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's referenced in the play, but it said, uh, when he said, when I became a man, I put away my childish things. And I think the play is sort of like, a a study of, uh, you know, those who have, and those who haven't, and those who are still trying. Yeah. Um, which the thing is, when you ask me what's it like to look back at these plays, it's like when I wrote Jesus Up the A Train, that was what I was struggling with, you know, these questions of faith and, and, and becoming an adult and t- assuming responsibility, taking responsibility. And, you know, I want to think, I want to look back like, oh, that was 17 years ago. I've graduated from that. I'm like, nope, I'm still kind of exactly where that character is. And I'm sure it's going to be the same for Our Lady, you know. Right, right. Um, I guess you never... You never graduate. Yeah. And were you already at work on a new play when she mentioned that to you? No. And are, are you now? <laughs> no. Um, actually, I'm really fortunate. I, I was uh, asked to do an adaptation of um, God's Afternoon for Warner oh, Brothers. Right. You know how they, yes. they stage yeah, those yeah. things? And so I accepted that quite a while ago. So actually, when you were asking before we started, what are you doing for Christmas? You know, I talked about, am I going to Philly, Jersey, yep. St. Petersburg? Well, wherever I'm going, I'll be, I got to get started on this thing. Yeah. Um, before they fire me. And, <laughs> but will that, is that a different play from the one that they That's going to be do? different from a new play. Yeah, sure, sure. I have an idea for, I do have an idea for a new play. And, but my fear is, um, you know how when you're writing something, you know, if you're lucky and if you're in tune you sort of catch the wave or the zeitgeist, you know, it's what for, for, for regular folks who are just, you know, whatever, like, you know, all of a sudden there'll be three or four plays about surfing or Gandhi. And it's because in the collective conscious, there's this thing. So I had this idea for the play a few years ago, but now I think I might've missed the wave because it's like happening now. It's like now it's like it dealt with Polly. It was like a few years ago, Whenever I go through periods where, like, I watch the news, I can't watch the news. Mm-hmm. I read the paper, I can't read the paper. Sure. And it was a period where I was, like, trying to watch the news and watch PBS. 
And everything that I was seeing and hearing was making me want to... It's just a right conclusion that, like, people... Uh, bad people they don't they don't need to be voted out of office like sometimes they just need to be hurt and i and i had right. a working title of uh of um mr smith goes to washington with a newsy <laughs> but you know three months ago someone did that right, right in a baseball field right, so yeah. i'm like you know yeah i better i better write get quick do, um do you get ideas that i Idea sounds like it came to you as a theme more than a character, or how yeah. do you? Is that how you usually work? Is it? Are you I, more? I, I usually, I usually, I end up usually writing about the things that are bothering me, or the things that mm-hmm. keep me up at night, like enough that it actually commands my attention, even when I want it to go away. And then, but I think it's a mistake, or I'm certainly not the writer who can like take a theme and then develop a play around an issue. It's just. It's kind of dangerous to do unless you're really skilled to begin with, um, which I don't think I am. But also, I write from dialogue, and it comes from character. So I might have this, for example, this play, which I have not yet written. I have this idea. Right. And so, but it will, you know, inevitably start out with two people talking, you know, maybe in a bar or something. And then you, if you're lucky and the... the voices are speaking really and you sort of listen to what they're saying and and um and then and then see well what might happen next what might happen next and then maybe you know uh a month into it that scene that you wrote in a bar you'd be like well it'd be much better maybe if it took place at a bar you know outside of or the bar that the pages hang out in washington instead of washington heights and you go from there right We were talking before we turned the recorder on uh, about the fact that sometimes you act, which I think is a thing that maybe a lot of people might not know about you. Tell me about your relationship to acting and when you do it and why you do it. Yeah, well, it's definitely my favorite thing to do. I mean, it's how I started. I grew up, uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, but my mom would... And where uh, was this exactly? I grew up on Upper West Side. Upper West Side. Yeah. Um, And uh, we were sort of living in a neighborhood that we couldn't afford. Um, but you know, my mom would take us to, um, the old Regency theater to see the old movies, the old MGM movies. And, you know, like once a year we'd go see a play somewhere. Um, you know, uh, she'd let us stay up late to watch like the Academy Awards or the Tony Awards or when I was really little, like we were allowed like half an hour of TV a day, but Saturday nights she would, uh, let us, let me stay up with her and my dad and the black and white TV on the radiator of the kitchen and watch Mary Tyler Moore, MASH, Bob Newhart, the whole CBS, Cal Burnett lineup. So I kind of grew up with it and wanting to do it. Uh, But then she, you know, when I went to high school, I wanted to go to like one of those performing schools. She's like, no, you know, uh, so I went to regular school and and then, uh, but it's always wanted to do. So I started as an actor. I Studied with Bill Was this right out of college? You went to SUNY, right? Yeah, I I went to SUNY Albany. And uh, I was an undergrad for seven and a half years because I was an idiot. (laughs) And and I didn't think I should major in theater. It wasn't until I declared theater that I got out pretty quick. And then uh, after that, I I started a theater up in the Bronx on Arthur Avenue called the Belmont Playhouse that existed for a long time. But I left after a year. I went to New Mexico. Started theater in Santa Fe. Oh, wow. We did like eight plays in a year at this place called the Old Santa Fe Trail Bookstore. Mm-hmm. It was a great experience. And then I literally like the 366th day in Santa Fe, I was like, okay, I got to get out of here. I went to New York 
And pretty quickly, um, I went to go study with uh, William Esper mm-hmm. and Maggie Flanagan. And, um, you know, my dear friend John Ortiz had just started Labyrinth, which was at the time uh, exclusively Latino company. Yeah. Um, so he says, like, you know, we're going to have auditions. You got to audition, but you have to be really good. Because it's Latino <laughs> and we don't really take, you know, it's only Sam Rockwell's in the company, blah, blah, blah. Right. So right. I auditioned and I actually didn't get in. What what year would this have been? This, this was have... um, 93. I auditioned in 92 and then I got in the second year, 93. Okay, got it. And I think that the vote was three to two against. Um, John Ortiz and Gary Perez voted for me. Mm. And then John overrid the other people and was like, look, we got to take this guy. I don't know, but somehow it's going right. to pay off. And that's how the writing came into play right and uh and then for a long time it was uh, the great thing about lab besides uh whatever work we may have contributed was Mm. it was a place that was um very process oriented and 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 we infused with the belief from the beginning from philosophy but also from necessity that you can do anything you know um you know you, I may not be as talented as a of a lighting designer as I am of a you know stage manager, but we could do everything. So they encouraged me to write, and then uh, I did a little one act at uh, this old space called One Dream that uh, down on North Moore, mm-hmm. and uh, it was part of uh, an evening. And I don't know, everybody seemed to like the play, and then mm-hmm. they kind of just forced me to keep writing, and it was a big. Dilemma because and I you wrote a number of plays with them. And, uh, oh yeah, yeah most yeah. Um, all my plays until Riverside was started at Labyrinth. Right, right. Um, and uh, so I didn't get to act as much, but you know I became a writer. Right. And uh, and then I would act when I could, and then I haven't been able to do it for. I did. Uh, yeah. What was the last thing you did? Uh, well, I've just started again, mm-hmm. but like the, uh, I did American Buffalo this summer. Um, up in Vermont oh, wow. with Treat Williams. I did not know that. Which was yeah. awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. It was like 12 rehearsals, one preview, and we're up. <laughs> but it was awesome. Well, those lines are easy. I'm sure that was good. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. We worked, I worked really hard, and I relished working hard, and, 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 and it, was, it was great. But before that, I hadn't done a play in 13 years. I oh, did wow. uh, Brett Leonard's play, Guinea Pig Solo, at The Public. Oh, yeah. And it was like, yeah, yeah. 13 years right. and then movies every once in a while but then i just did this movie i mean really lucky mm. uh called backseat which is uh, adam mckay's new movie about dick cheney oh and wow, uh cool. christian bale's playing dick cheney yeah. and sam rockwell's playing george bush and carell is rumsfeld and tyler perry is um colin powell and i played george Tenet, the head of the cia and so it was great because i i'm not fun i don't have a big part but I have like you know six to eight scenes, and they're all with the main people. Yeah. Um. And so I, I really, I was nerve wracked because I wanted to do a good job, and I was afraid I wasn't doing a good job. But they said I did. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was uh, such a pleasure. I mean, that yeah. was really exciting. And do you? How do you feel about writing for TV? Because you've done that too. You just did the Get Down. Yeah. And how? What's that like? Do you enjoy that? Do you learn anything that you yeah. can bring back to playwriting? Or well, it's funny because I, I. I, I'm not like good friends with Warren Light, who's mm. a, a great playwright, but yep. also TV producer. I'm looking here like this somebody. Yeah, different. like somebody knows. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> because I had an opportunity to, I have an opportunity to do something new in TV, and I wanted to talk to him. And I was like, now that 
Phil is dead. It's like the number of people that I can talk about things. Like I like like I need like I needed to talk to someone that that um, isn't necessarily impressed with success or or impressed by like an offer that seems like a no brainer. Right. And so I thought of Warren because he's done a lot of stuff and he knows TV and a whole and lot he of TV. That's right. And yeah, blah, blah, he's blah. A, a Warren Light wrote Sideman. We should say. Yep. And he wrote Sideman. Well, I'm not going to remember the name of all the TV shows yeah. he's worked on, but, but he, lots of them. He resuscitated uh, Law and Order SVU. Yeah, that's true. Which is my yep. favorite yeah. show. Um, why did I mention Warren? Because you wanted to talk oh, to him about an opportunity, right? That you about, might have, right? about about TV, and he said the thing that's really true. This is I was like, I was like, the thing is, is that the, the end of the day, when theater writing for plays is is they're both really hard, and they're both I can't do it without putting my heart and my soul into it, no matter what it is. Like I I've written on TV shows that are not necessarily highbrow, but I'm still I still me. I have to put my whole self into it. And and I was saying to him, like, you know, and you end up paying for it. You end up, I mean, you know, it's it's a it's a ransom. You're trading money and health insurance for you can you say ass here? Right. For your ass. You're giving your your ass and a lot of other body parts. And uh and he said the thing that was really smart. He's like, I know what you mean and you're right. He's like, but like you're talking about this being your own show? I'm like, yeah. And he said it's different. He's like, it's still hard, and this is all this extra responsibility, but it's yours, and you'll find that, you know. And the fact is, is the get down, which I did with Baz, we were... Yeah, Baz Lerman. We were, who's amazing. Yeah. Um, and, but we were co, you know, we right. co-creator, co-co, everything. Right. And this is this is sort of, this was near and dear to your heart, this setting, right? Because it was And it was near, your, yes. Yeah. But the fact of the matter was, is like, co sometimes more in theory than in practice. Sure. Whoever is the more powerful person, whoever the agency makes more money, you know, it's like, sure. Um, so, I mean, it was great, but at the end of the day, you know, I, yeah, I created it. I wrote the characters. I did the bulk of whatever, but at the end of the day, I'm working for Baz. What do you feel like the show got at? Because that's, because that was, you're very familiar with that time in that place. It was set in uh, in New York in the yeah. early 19, 80s, right? The well, 70s, 80s? 70s. Yeah, 70s. Yeah, the birth um, of hip-hop. Yeah, and what do you feel like the show got that maybe you haven't seen on TV before about that time? Well, I think that, well, about that time is Or about the world yeah. that you were, do you know? I mean, I think that we came, like we are talking about the zeitgeist before, this unfortunately, like the thing that I'm most proud of and which now is quickly happening is, you know, what I'm most proud about that show was was that we did a show where the um, the there's five lead characters, all teenagers, and all people of color. Yep. And to do that is something, and it, and it, and it comes at a, a cost and a risk and this and that. And we did that, and we filled a world with people that reflected that world. So. I'm real. I'm very proud of that, and in fact, I feel now, even though all those kids are doing great, um, but I feel um, I feel some guilt because I feel like, oh, I have that book, Madam Sarah. Um, oh, do you? I feel like if we had did our job better, uh, we would have had a second season, and I think that the opportunity to present those characters in that world is. Uh, 
it's rare. It's still rare. Maybe it'll become less rare. And I wish we'd done. I wish we'd done. I wish we'd done better. You mentioned the uh, five leads, the five kids, mm -hmm. um, and that raises the question of how you feel like the theater community is faring in terms of like diversity and authenticity. You know, there was this was a few years ago now, but there was that casting thing with Motherfucker with a Hat that involved in Connecticut, yeah, white where, actors where they, cast in yeah. Puerto Rican. When, roles in, written for Puerto Rican in Hartford, characters. where the mayor was Puerto Rican, yeah. and the population was like like forty percent, and they hired two white kids, yeah, and they didn't even have auditions. This was two thousand eleven or yeah, something. That right? was a while Would ago. That but that kind was of thing happen know, now. What do you think? Where do we stand now? Do you, you think? know? I mean, once uh, once that got unpacked, um, and I got into it, you know, they just made a the director who was African American, yeah. He just made a really stupid mistake. Yeah, that was and, Tazewell Thompson. Is that who it was? Yeah, he yeah. was a good, great director and a good guy. And he sure. just did something stupid. There was two, I think, of his former students, and you know, it, we all learn from our mistakes. Could it happen today? Yeah, I think it's it, it still happens all the time. Uh, is the theater is the theater you see doing better on that front? In your, I think estimation? so. I think so. I mean, I think that you know. I think that I think this is a it's, it's, it's a difficult and it's a challenging time, but also it's it's an interesting time and 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 ultimately a pretty great time because I think that I think that uh, people are starting to get the message um, willfully or unwillfully that you know that um, you know that at least you know in, in, nationally, but in New York, you know we want to see a theater that reflects the people that we see every day and that, and that those positions shouldn't be limited to like those who are on stage, you know, that, you know, that's the next step. And, and, you know, I'm not by any means at the forefront of, of the movement, but, you know, my sense and my feeling is, is that, you know, casting things are getting better. Um, programming seasons, I think it's getting better. You see more women, more people of color, and but you know the next thing is to have uh, artistic directors and associate artistic directors and uh, and and you know and that'll happen. Is there anything that you haven't written about that you are hoping to write about in the future? And what is? Wow. Well, it usually I'm usually looking for opportunities not to write, <laughs> um, but. Uh, like I said, like what what I end up writing about is a, ends up being about what's going on with me and stuff that's bothering me or things I can't reconcile. And uh, unfortunately, I don't think that's going to stop. Right. So probably I'll keep writing, um, and then probably I'll end up like most writers, right, where you, everybody loves you for a while, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Girgis sucks," right. you know. And you're going to have to sort of ride that out. Um, and then maybe they like you again, but right. it's not going to stop. I mean, the one thing that I've joked about is that, uh, is that some point in my career, I, I feel like I need to write about, you know, not necessarily about like, you know, the, the striving underclass and, you know, that, that at some point I always say like, well, I need to write a play about like French diplomats or something. Um, I can't wait for that play. <laughs> and I think, you know, maybe that'll come. Right. But I don't know. I'll probably keep writing because I don't stop 
having bad feelings. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That is weirdly a good place for us to stop, I think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> thank you, Stephen. It yeah, was great talking you, to you. Yeah, thank you, I appreciate it. I appreciate your support of the company and me over the years. That was the playwright Stephen Adley Geerdes, who is the current Residency One playwright at Off-Broadway's Signature Theater, where his play Our Lady of 121st Street begins performances in May. In the next episode of Stagecraft, I'll be talking to Keegan-Michael Key, the Key and Peele star who's turned up on stage recently in Hamlet and in the current Broadway show Meteor Shower. Until then, see you at the theater. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.